Hello, everyone. This is Rick with the Cyber Pro Podcast and get your leaders share their insights. It's about five questions in nine minutes. The pack is never complete, so let's get to it. We have a wonderful repeat offender on the podcast today, Chris Johnson, who was originally on the pod- podcast in February of 2021 as our number 19th guest. We are currently pushing into the uh, close to the 300 range, so we are excited to have you back, Chris. Thank you so much. Let's kick it off with the first question. What have you been up to since the last time you were on the Cyber Pro podcast? Well, that's, I mean, the 2021, that's, that's, a, that's two and a half years. Uh, so uh, lots of things have changed in my world. I was uh, currently, or currently, I was at the time a director, tech director for school district, uh, managed to stay there through the spring of 2022. And then this is now, I have just completed and I'm moving into year two with CompSIA as the director of cybersecurity compliance programs. That's awesome. And and your transition has gone smoothly. I've, I've, I've seen your name bouncing around a little bit. How do you like working for CompSIA? Uh, it's, I think it's, to, to put it mildly, it's a dream come true. So I used to be a volunteer with CompTIA. That's where a large part of the, the efforts and, and community endeavors are, are accomplished is through volunteers. And I had been volunteering with CompTIA since 2009, 2010. And so I remember vividly saying to one of the uh, community managers, man, someday it'd be really cool if I I could work here. And so fast forward, and today I can say I, I work for CompTIA. That's awesome. Talk to me about how the cybersecurity landscape has evolved over the, over the past few years. Well, over the last few, few years, three years, uh, I think one of the things that has really happened is a, a lot of cybersecurity has become very politicized. Uh, both in the way in which we hear about it through the media, through this sort of uh, doom and gloom. Uh, There's nothing you can do about it, so why do anything at all? And then you see these stories take place that are really tearjerker and and just extremely painful stories that largely uh, are the ones we're desensitized to are obviously like, the large pharmaceutical company had X happen to it. And you're like, shame on them. That should have never happened. And then... We get all tearjerker when it comes to like the grandma that lost, you know, her entire life savings because she clicked on the link or she answered the phone call. And the reality is those stories are almost identical. They're just being pitched through the different lens. You know, the person that made the mistake at the pharmaceutical company or wherever it was, they're a person, right? Like they clicked on a link. So I think the biggest change that we're seeing is while education is starting to expand and grow, the way the threat actors are leaps and bounds seemingly to be always ahead of us is to remember that while that is true, there is hope when we educate many versus saying, oh, well, if we had the right tool to solve this problem, we'd be okay. So good pivot then, talked about right tool. Are there any emerging trends or technologies or even approaches that you're excited about? Yeah, quite a few, actually. I think a couple that come to mind are vendors that are really trying to build out products and services that cater to the smaller business. So we've seen for years the the big players that are trying to take their tool set and bring it down to the SMB space. So they, they usually have several challenges. One is it's super expensive or time consuming to deploy. 
but we're going to cater to the SMB space so you can buy our product for like peanuts on the dollar. Or instead of having to buy 500 seats to get started, we'll sell you the 5, 10, or 25 seats, you know, make it quote palatable for the smaller business. The reality is that most of those enterprise grade tools or those bigger platform based products were designed around a large entity needs, not a small business needs. So what I'm excited about is is the vendors that are coming to market today that are are building products that actually cater to the SMB space and are unique uh, play for that particular type of business. So if you said, oh, well, does this scale to 5,000 users? No, but that's not the goal. In fact, in some cases we are seeing where it's like scalability isn't a problem for their product, but that's not the intent behind why they're creating what they are. And so one example I had and then you're seeing more and more of this is it's extremely difficult for a small business, especially in the cybersecurity space, to look at multiple panes of glass. So you've got your 365 and you got your fill in the blank vendor EDR, you name it. And it's like, I'm going to all these different places to see what's happening in my ecosystem. Where are my vulnerabilities and what, what can I do about it today? And what I think is super interesting is that there are small companies that are creating products in this space that are like, Here's five things that we're doing for your company, and you can see them all on one dashboard. And I think that's a big deal. So someone's going to say, well, I heard Chris on, on the CyberPro podcast, and he said that, you know, companies doing this many things is great. It's like, that's not what I said. I said, it's great for SMBs. And the reason why I say that is it isn't necessarily that the vendor is bringing a product that's best of breed or the the unicorn in the room. It's that sometimes, especially in the small business place, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. The shirt with the <laughs> Yeti and the unicorn is perfect. Uh, I love it. I, I think it's that sometimes okay is great as opposed to having great and having five products that are each great in order to get to my suite of tools are all impressive and great. You know, the snap on tools versus the, the Lowe's cobalt tools, right? Like they both come with lifetime warranty. They both can be a wrench but one costs 10x more expensive than the other and they both do the same thing i love your take on it and uh and i appreciate you calling it a yeti i love that most of are like bigfoot it's the same thing with the that's great it's all about what part of the country or the globe that you find them in so i i think it, they're subspecies right <laughs> that's that's the way to look at it yes for sure oh man she's funny so I would love to get a real-world cybersecurity story from you and any lessons or takeaways that we can learn from it. Sure. So I had I had this happen right before I came to CompTIA. I was doing some consulting um, for an MSSP, and, and the conversation was around uh, being hit with ransomware. And, and it was a pretty nasty scenario. That they got hit pretty hard. Um, and and high-security high uh I won't get into the details, but let's just say it involves one of the 14 agencies that are out there. And and they came to us and they wanted help with where do we go from here? And so the the scenario that, that kind of played out is, is my boss is like, we should onboard them right now. They need our help. And I'm like, why do we want them as a client? Like, I mean, like the reality is like, we're going to onboard liability and risk because of their current situation. He's like, well, what do you propose? And I'm like, I propose we help them out of the, like, just out of the goodness of our heart, let's help them. And he's like, okay, I can get behind that. And so, uh, over the next few weeks, 
I would take phone calls from the attorney that they had engaged with, you know, because usually if you use the B word, it should only come from the actual attorney's mouth, not your own mouth. And over the back and forth, like they determined like, hey, we're not going to pay the ransom and some other things that were great to be a part of, like we're, we're going to fight this. Uh, and then after that, they became a client and it was a really powerful sort of like letting them recognize where they wanted to establish trust based on the willingness to help. And I think you're going to see that. And it's not me tooting my horn. It's really our industry is starting to recognize that we have to stand up to the bad guys together. It's not a financial decision. It's a, this is what's best for humanity decision. And as this moves forward, there is huge amounts of financial opportunity in there because the reality is most organizations today don't know how much they need to spend, don't know what they should spend the money that they do have on. And so eventually it's going to be, I'm recognizing this. So like, I didn't get into like the nasty of the story, but the bottom line here is bad things are happening to lots of organizations. And the silver lining is you can stop most of them with simple, basic cyber hygiene. I love it. Final fun question for you, Chris. What is a current piece of technology, not retro, but current that makes you smile? Uh, the current piece of technology that makes me smile, uh, is a product that I saw recently. It's a company called Sention, uh, S-E-N-T-E-O-N.io, Sention. Uh, the reason why I find them to be super compelling is it's the first example I've seen of CIS, uh, or CIS security best practices, like the baseline security configurations actually being deployed in an automated fashion, as opposed to, I read the 275 pages on how to get my Windows 10 Pro to a secure state. And, and now I got to start all over again, because for some reason, I can't seem to patch it anymore. <laughs> That's awesome. Chris, thank you so much for being on the CyberPro podcast. You bet. Thanks for having me. Thank you for watching the CyberPro podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on new podcasts and bonus content.